the Little Detours with Regina Brett, where we help you create a life you love out of the life you have. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Regina Brett. Some people leave an imprint that lasts forever. I've never forgotten the precise moment I met Dolores Presley. She was speaking at the Spirit of Women in Business Conference at Kent State University. Dolores stood in front of 300, 500 women, I don't know, it was a huge crowd, and she didn't care if anyone saw her sweat. She wiped her brow and she told us all, this wasn't a hot flash, this is a power surge, she bellowed, and I have never forgotten the power of Dolores Presley. She's the founder and executive director of She Elevates. It's a nonprofit that helps girls ages 8 to 14 become confident leaders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. She's a world-class keynote speaker, published author, and life coach with more than three decades of experience. Dolores uses her voice to empower and motivate thousands to take inspired action, be confident, and live what she calls their most marvelous life. Today, we're going to talk about empowering others to live their most powerful, marvelous life. Dolores, thanks for joining me. I am delighted to be here, Regina. Oh, I have never forgotten the power that I felt in that room when you spoke, and I think it carried me with you. And I wondered, when did you first kind of own your power, when you really kind of harnessed it? It went way back to when I was like in first grade. Oh my! (laughs) It really goes back to my ballerina story when I wanted to be a ballerina more than anything. And my best friend and I, we would practice ballet and all that. And finally, the dance troupe comes to our school and my mother signs me up for a tap. And um, that just crushed me as a little girl. And the reason, Regina, she signed me up for a tap is they wouldn't allow her to sign me up for ballet. They said I was too big, too chunky. And I had to take tap dance. And I found my power when they told me that I needed to take tap. But guess what, Regina? Guess how old do you think I was when I finally took ballet? Because you know I'm a girl that says you can do whatever you want to do. I'm guessing you were a woman when you got the ballet finally. Yes, 60. 60? 60? Six zero? Six zero. Oh, my goodness. You didn't give up on your dream, Dolores. Dreams don't come with age limits. They don't expire, so don't throw them out. And I didn't. And all those years, I wanted to be a ballerina. And just think about that. I was in a class with young, read, thin, beautiful, young girls. And here I am, a 60-year-old woman. But I did it. And that's what I want your audience to know, that they can do whatever it is that they want. Well, I love that story. You shared that when you spoke. And I remember imagining a little girl of six. I have a granddaughter who's seven. And for somebody to tell her her body type is a limitation at that age, what does that do to somebody? We cannot allow others to determine our self-worth. But when you're six years old, you don't think that way. But I think when they did that in my soul, in my spirit, in my being, I said, no one was ever going to rob me of my dreams again, even at six years old. So I was constantly a leader. But you know what, Regina, oftentimes when girls or women are leaders, they call us bossy. And I don't really like that term. And I don't like it for sure, because I don't recall ever hearing anyone 
with a little boy who is a leader, calling him bossy or in a corporate. Have you ever heard anyone say, you know, he's so bossy? No, they, they call them leaders. And what happens is we call little girls bossy. And then we use a different B word when they become women and they have power. Isn't that the truth? It's just yeah. not good. That is, yeah. Yeah, I got to write a book on that. I am writing a children's book. So I got to kind of get that part. You've got so many things going. Well, that first talk, I remember you said, women take care, men take charge. Men are taught to apologize for their weaknesses. Women are taught to apologize for their strengths. And that ties in with that idea that, we aren't allowed to be leaders. We're bossy, we're bitchy, we're whatever. So how did you kind of grow into from that six-year-old who was told she couldn't dance to this woman who not only dances at 60, but is really showing others how to dance their dance? You have to surround yourself, of course, with a support team. And sometimes you may not have that. So you might have to be your own cheerleader. But constantly, and I was fortunate, God rest my mother's soul, but she always told me I was beautiful and stand tall because I was always taller than everyone else and hunching my shoulders over. And she would be like, stand tall, Dolores. So who you surround yourself with. And I always say, if you're the smartest person at the table, then maybe you might need to get another table because we all need to help each other. And I think when you get a support system that truly helps you and I've I've said that before and one lady said my husband's so negative and I'm like I'm not telling you to get a divorce or anything like that but you kind of like to say hello goodbye and let that just pass by you because you need to be around people who will support you you know that is so true I, I have a wonderful supportive husband but if people don't then just go to other people you don't have to like you said get rid of your husband or your wife or whoever but bring in new people and i wonder how do you find the right person to empower you how do you choose that person well first of all i believe every person even women not just women but i definitely believe every woman should have a mentor a coach and a sponsor. And most people are familiar with mentor coaches. Sponsors are a little different. Sponsors are more like your cheerleader. They're your advocate. They say, Regina is so amazing when Regina's nowhere to be found. And how you do that, one, you can ask people to be your mentor. And I'm not afraid to ask for anything because really the answer is no if you don't ask. And a lot of times people think asking is a sign of weakness when actually asking is a sign of strength. That is so true. And it's been hard for me my whole life to ask. And my husband taught me that if you don't ask, you don't get. And the answer might be no, but like you said, you already gave it to you yourself. If you just don't ask, you already gave yourself a no. You already gave yourself a no if you don't ask. You need to ask. So the other thing I got from your talk, the idea that we have to get rid of that fear. And you said about tossing fear or overboard. You said when fear knocks on your door, don't give it the key. And I remember thinking, I need to change the locks because like fear is like all over me. <laughs> so how do you get how did you get rid of fear in your Fear. We've heard before that fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Often the things that we worry about, they don't even come to fruition. They don't even happen. And you spend all that energy, all that wasted energy, thinking and worrying. And then if you look back to give yourself strength, I have this thing called the believe in the power of you jar. 
And the belief of your power of your jar is when you just put little, little sticky notes of when you accomplish things. I have one on my desk right here. I have a little sticky note. And what I can do is just write down Dolores is on the Regina Brett show. And I put it in my jar and all the amazing things that happen to you. You put it in your jar, but on those days, I remember sometime I'm like, why am I getting on another airplane? You know, why am I leaving my family? And then I pull out my little believe in the power of you jar and I see all the things that I've done and accomplished and everyone has accomplished many things, but that is literally in front of you and you can see those accomplishments and that gives you strength and lets you know, you know, there's no fear. I did this. I was on Oprah. I got an award from President Obama. I, you know, and all those things are in there. I spent time with my husband. A couple days ago, my husband and I were married 41 years. I celebrated my 41st. So you have power in you. You don't have to fear. And what we're fearing about most of the time doesn't even come to fruition. I love that idea of that believe in you jar, because I think a lot of us have that kind of imposter syndrome. We think, you know, people find out, I really don't know what I'm doing. The gig's up. You know, I, every time I've written anything, a book, a column, I always face that page thinking, I'm really not that good. What if they find out that I don't know what I'm doing? And so do you still have that? Do you still wrestle with that at all? I did before because constantly society, it was saying, Dolores, you're not good enough. Constantly, little girl, six-year-old, can't be a ballerina. I go and get ready to graduate from from high school. And my guidance counselor says, Dolores, you're not college material. I wanted to start a modeling agency for plus-size women over 30 years ago. They said, again, I'm too fat. That little ballerina raised up in me. Not keeping you down. No. And that imposter syndrome, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's very real. And oftentimes women feel like they're, they're a fraud. There are celebrities, all kind of people who deal with imposter syndrome. And I think it can kind of come and go at times, but it's real. And I hope women will go and, and it's men too. I think Tom Hanks dealt with imposter syndrome. So that is something that you really should look into. I was coaching a young lady and she was like a VP of a company and she didn't have a degree and she was constantly worried. They're going to find out I don't have a degree. I'm like, obviously you have the skills. They hired you, but that imposter syndrome can just raise up on you. You know, Dolores, I'm also glad you mentioned those words that you heard that So many people are told in high school, you're not college material. I wish they would like ban those words from guidance counselors and teachers because it's almost like somebody pronounced a verdict on you. Like you're not smart enough to go after your dreams. Who, nobody has that power to do, to say that to anybody. No one. And in her defense, I did go to a vocational high school, but I, when I graduated from (laughs) college. I'm thinking, how do you like me now? (laughs) And I ended up being a teacher and teaching children. I was an elementary school teacher for 37 years, but I owned a business 35 of those 37 years. Well, before we leave it, I also want to mention too, those who don't go to college, I think sometimes are looked down upon. My dad was a 
sheet metal worker and a, a roofer. And I think of all the people that keep our world running, the welders, the mechanics, the plumbers, all those people are just as valuable as anybody that gets that pedigree from college. And I, and I hope those people listening know that you have a power that matters probably more than my books do when my pipes break or my car won't start or something else needs fixed. And I, I, I keep my dad's hard hat in my garage to remind me of his power in the world because he didn't seem to have much. And yet I look at the roofs. He used to drive us around and point out the roofs he put on. So we all have power. We do. We are more powerful than we've ever been taught to believe. We are powerful. And I want everyone, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. You have value, whatever you do. And I love that idea of saying yes to it. Let's talk about some of the detours that you've been through on your life. Where did you grow up, Dolores? Where were you born? Canton, Ohio. Traveled the world, but still came back to my city, and I love it. Oh, it's a, it is a great town. So just mm-hmm. a little south of Akron. Yes. And uh, you told me uh, before the show about a detour that you had wanted to have children. Tell us what happened with that dream. Yes, that was just a floor moment, something where I could still be on the floor. I ended up having endometriosis, and we're talking maybe, wow, like 40, 40 years ago or something like that. And at the time, Regina, it's awful because they said it was called the white woman's disease, a career woman's disease. And so they didn't even check me to find out if I had endometriosis. I mean, look at don't we won't even go there but anyway well we do need for a moment to pause and say that's what racism does on every level to 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 not treat a woman like you who needed the best care out there and you didn't get it i didn't get it that's why i just had like god bumps when i said that because i was thinking about everything that's going on in the world now and how racism can has touched oh my goodness permeates everything oh Yeah. So that was probably my first real, real experience with it. And by the time they discovered it, it had really gone all over my organs and I wasn't able to give birth. And the doctor said I was pretty much near death. And I, is, this is another thing, how you have to empower yourself. I guess at the time I thought you had to have a doctor refer you to the Cleveland Clinic. Mm-hmm. So the doctors that I had in my city, they were saying things I didn't want to hear. Like they were like, you might have to have a colostomy bag. You might have to do this and that. And the doctor locally had misdiagnosed me. So I thought you had to have a doctor referral. And what I did is I called the Cleveland Clinic and I said, Dr. Smith referred me. (laughs) (laughs) That's not nice telling those little white lies, but I felt like I had to take my power back from these people who had said and you know, probably if they had discovered it earlier, I would have never had to go through that. So I'm so happy Dr. Gidwani, I think she's retired from the Cleveland Clinic now, but she saved my life. But my husband has two boys and then our boys, they're my boys. They have, one of them have two girls and guess what? We have three great grandchildren. Just a few months ago, we had a set of twins born. So and I, being a teacher, I still had children, but definitely it was a detour. It was not the way I had planned it. And also back in that time when you wanted to have children, not having children, there was a shame attached to that for a woman to not have a child. People would say, well, why aren't you having children? There was almost like a judgment pronounced on people. 
Definitely. I've had people apologize to me because I don't tell that story that often. And my mother, she was like an old fashioned Dolores. You don't tell the family. You don't tell people that you can't have children. And people would say things to me like, oh, I know you're just so busy. You don't have time to have children and they don't really know. So don't judge a person. You really don't know what a person is going through until you're actually that person. So don't do that. And I'm glad you're talking about it because I think it's one of those things that women go through so privately and it becomes that sadness that they bear all by themselves. And if we could talk more about it and share, I feel like it would kind of lessen that burden for women. Yes, we need to talk about it. And there are so many women, you know, have gone through fertility issues or lost babies or all kinds of things, even though I'd never lost a baby per se, I still feel like I had a huge loss in my life. Sure. Tell us a little bit about the modeling. You had mentioned you had wished you could have owned a modeling company and you did have a desire to to do modeling. Tell us what happened with that dream. You know, I made it happen, Regina. I know you did. (laughs) You make everything happen, Dolores. That's why you're (laughs) So I was reading a magazine out in California. It was called Big Beautiful Woman. I had gone out there to speak and I came back to Canton and that was a joke. Everyone was laughing because plus size modeling was not known of very much. And I literally begged someone to, to train me because I went to Chicago and they were like, you got a pretty face or whatever, but you just, your dress size doesn't work. And I was just turned down by all these agencies. And finally I begged a local agency. Here I am again, an adult training how to model with young people but it was a dream of mine. And I started a modeling agency called Dimensions Plus. And the ladies were, oh my gosh, it was uh, Dillard's was what well, was called Higby's back then. Right. was our first client in Cleveland, Ohio in public square. And they needed seven plus size women. And then the rest was history. We worked for Saks. They were in Marie Claire, Glamour Magazine, right here from Canton, Ohio. And you were so far ahead of the game. I mean, now I love when I pick up Every catalog I get now, it has women of all shapes and sizes, finally. I look at underwear ads, and there are all kinds of shapes and sizes. And it used to be, I think they were all size four, and I didn't know anybody that was that size. Right. And that's not really real. And that's another thing we have to teach our girls. They see these images on television and magazines, but they don't know they've been, they take out their bags, they cut a little piece off their body. It's all been, it's just not real, what we see all of the time. And we should make sure we're teaching our girls that. That is for sure. Well, we are at the halfway mark. So I want to pause and I want to thank you for listening to Little Detours with Regina Brett. And I want to thank Dolores Presley for joining us. I know you have a lot of podcast choices out there and I'm so grateful that you're listening to mine. And um, I hope that what Dolores says today, you can weave into your life and get out there and empower other people. Well, Dolores, let's shift into your new kind of the new part of your life. Tell us what happened when you kind of created the She Elevates. What was the thing that made you want to shift from, I know you've been a keynote speaker, a coach, writing books, but now you're kind of on a new mission. It is a new mission. And it goes back again to me being in the fifth grade. In the fifth grade, I had the opportunity to go and visit a business. It was the Ohio Theater in downtown Canton. 
and I visited that business. And then I got a chance to meet with the owner of the business and go to, I think we went to dinner with the owner. And just way back from fifth grade, I thought one day I want to do something like that for girls. And I know that the God just spoke to me and said, you need to start this organization for girls called She Elevates, teaching them to be confident leaders, to be entrepreneurs and CEOs. I love that. I love that these imprints stuck with you. The idea that in fifth grade, they let you meet the person running the place and and something in there, like that little calling, that little nudge stuck, a little tug on your heart, whatever you want to call it. It did. It did. And we want to see more CEOs. So some girls, like every girl doesn't have to go to college or it's it's okay if you don't. If you want to run a business, that's fine. If you want to run your own business, if you want to be the CEO, I think there's only 37 women CEOs of the Fortune 500 list. Now that's not a whole lot. And I think that's the highest it's ever been right now. So we want to kind of close that gender gap and make sure that girls and women are running businesses and just living, like I call it the marvelous life, living the life that they truly want to live. So the Academy, the age range is eight to 14. Why did you pick that specific start and end? I think that when girls are or children, period, around eight, age eight, it's really their time to really formulate who they're going to be. And I think those are really important years. Now, they can stay in our program. Uh, we have a different program that they can move to. Um, they can actually be in what we call our she shadow. The she shadow is where they go and spend time with CEOs or women business owners, and they can stay in that program until they're age 21. And at age 21, then even throughout the whole thing, I think that they should help the other girls reach back. And we're pretty new. So we've only had one girl graduate now that's now 15, but she's coming back and speak to the girls on the online program. So I love this thing, carry as you climb. And what I feel about Carrie as you climb is when you take someone with you, you're climbing the ladder of success, you're moving up, you're having great things, then take someone with you. And that's our whole model with the girls. I love that. My friend Monica Tarazzi taught me that Carrie as you climb. She passed away many years ago, right when she turned 40 from a brain tumor. But Monica was like a force to be reckoned with because anything she did, she made sure that she could help more people do it. She never felt like there was a competition or she had to worry about who's coming after her. It was like, let me lift you up. Like, you know, kids, when you want to climb the fence and somebody holds your hands out so you can step up. I think that's what you're doing with She Elevates. You're literally elevating other people. Here as you climb, elevate. Elevate. (laughs) So I love that your business choices developed in the online academy. You've got lemonade stand. And sometimes we, we minimize what that means to a child to have their first business. Why did you pick the lemonade stand as a model? Last year, we had the Academy in person and at Stark State College, and the girls could pick any business that they wanted to. But we felt like with the online, we have to try to keep them focused. So we have two opportunities. They can be an author, and I can't wait to see the books that they're going to be creating. They can have a lemonade stand, or they can also grow the current business that they have. And we felt like a lemonade stand is the best start because it's kind of, it doesn't take a whole lot, but you can still do it. You can still make good money, which Michaela Almer, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she has uh, at least 
$20 million business and she's only 14, maybe 15 now. And she started and she has a lemonade called Me and the Bees. And it's in Whole Foods, it's in Kroger's. And she started when she was four. So I think a lemonade stand is perfect because Michaela has proven that to be true. That is one lemonade stand. You know, the first time my grandkids did a lemonade stand, I remember they had to figure out like how, the product and how much it costs and what they need to pay back their parents and then having change and how to count change and all those little things that they were learning how to really pull it together. And then they had friends who wanted to be part of it, but hadn't done the work and they had to negotiate a staff. So I think that even though it sounds small, that's how you start is small. You got to start small. Yes, yes. We have girls that have all sorts of businesses. One is a do your part chart where you, your whole family puts your chores on the chart. They do that. We have another one where they, um, it's called Crafts for Kids. These are girls from last year, alumni, but Crafts for Kids, they have a box that they, uh, people can buy for children. Her brother was in the hospital and he was bored. And so now they have a little box that That can be delivered to children in the hospitals. They have so many. I just can't believe how how bigger it got than I even had imagined in my dreams. So the She Elevates Academy, it's a hundred dollars. And how many like weeks is it? How how does it run from when to when? Yes. So it's really a four-week program and it is a little more than a hundred dollars. It's two hundred dollars. That's okay. (laughs) It's two hundred dollars, but If you need a scholarship, so we don't want any girl to be left behind. If her family doesn't have the funds for that, then they can apply for a scholarship. And it's a four-week program. When we were in person, we did it on Fridays for four weeks. Now we're going to be doing it online on Tuesdays and Fridays for two and a half hours on each one of those days. But, Regina, they get to graduate, and so we have this box. The girls are going to be delivered this box with all kinds of great things. And it says the boss box, but we teach them that boss is not bossing other people around. It's bringing (laughs) others success and significance. So they're going to get this box and their graduation hat is going to be in there and their t-shirts and their sunglasses because their future is so bright. Oh, that's great. I love that. (laughs) So many great things that will be delivered. But can you imagine when you were eight, just eight to 14 to get a big box like that in the mail with all those gifts for you that we will be using in the online academy? Well, I love that when I think back of the girl you were in fifth grade, you're becoming that person that's taking them to see the owner, so to speak, in that all these opportunities within She Elevates Academy, they're going to have those little nudges and hopefully kind of um, almost like excavate their own little dreams and figure out what they're here to do. Yes, we definitely teach them that. And like I said, we're limiting them this time, but normally we don't. We let them come up with whatever business that they want because they can do whatever they want. And and the graduation, as I was saying, they pitch their business. So we call it the she tank, you know, like the shark tank. Shark tank, she tank. <laughs> it's the she tank and they will pitch their business. So we teach them how to be articulate, how to have an elevator speech. And we really have them develop their business. And we found out last year that they need more guidance. So what we do 
is after the program is over. And we're not sure exactly how we'll be doing it online, but we bring them back and help them grow their businesses. Oh, nice, nice. You also talk about sheroes, the idea of women heroes, because so often we think of superheroes as being male. And I wonder for you personally, Dolores, who have been your sheroes? Who have been the women sort of heroes for you? Well, in my life, I believe it or not, I talked to my fourth grade teacher yesterday because her birthday was recently her 85th birthday. And she was, again, I guess I just, my whole life goes back to being a little girl because she was my fourth grade teacher. And she truly is my shero. She's still, I mean, for years, she sent me birthday cards when I was in the paper with something. She'd cut it out of the paper and mail it to me. Her name is Marilyn Swain. So she is truly my shero. I love Michelle Obama. I mean, she's my shero. She might not know it, but I'm sure she doesn't know it. But she is my shero. Oprah, my mom. I think all of us should be a shero to someone. I like that idea. You know, I think back um, for me, one of the women that affected me most in eighth grade, there was a woman, Diane Plough. She just passed away last year. Beautiful woman in Ravenna, my little town. And she took a bunch of us to go volunteer and help a family. Now, when you're a teenager uh, on a Saturday, you want to sleep in or watch cartoons. She took us to a home and we worked with a young boy who was disabled. And honest to goodness, that cracked something open in me to help others. So she was don't have to be the most powerful woman out there. It could be just that one that made that difference, you know, that that kind of put a little uh, door stopper and said, Hey, go here instead of here. And yes. Then I wonder any last thoughts on how the, how the rest of us can kind of empower and elevate, especially girls who maybe don't have good messages about how to, how to own their power. What are, yeah. what are some things that maybe just the average person can do to help elevate girls? I love acronyms. So I want you to help girls put on their cape. <laughs> and what I mean about that confidence, attitude, for um, P would stand for their purpose and E, excellence. So if you help girls, women, put on their cape, help them with their confidence, their attitude, their purpose, their excellence, this world would be an even better place. I like that put on their cape. That is really a cool way to look at it. I love that somebody took the the restroom sign where it has the boy and it has the girl with the dress and they made it look like a cape and they say it never was a dress and they draw a little cape around it, which I kind of like that because even how we dress sometimes, it doesn't give us power. So I want to end Dolores with, um, what do you feel like at the end of it all, when you look back at your life, one of my guests said, when it's time to go, they want to have used up everything. They want to die on empty. They said the E, the goal is to be on E. And I wonder... What's left in your tank that you want to kind of give away or do? There's a quote by Chuck Palahniuk, and it says, we all die. The goal is not to live forever, but to create something that will. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a great quote? I love that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a wow. Yeah, so she elevated something that will live long past the worst. And I hope that everyone is doing something that will live long past you. Even though your tank may be empty, my tank's never empty, but anyway, (laughs) something that will live long past you that will make a difference in this world. That's a great way to look at that. Well, Dolores, I want to thank you for joining us. Tell us the best way to connect with you, your different websites, social media. What's the best way to, to find out more about you? 
Yeah, you can go definitely to sheelevates.org and send us a contact. We're always looking for people to help the girls, donors, and all of that. My website is DoloresPresley.com for the speaker and for the coach. And they can send an email to me at DP, which is my initial, at DoloresPresley.com, D-E-L-O-R-E-S-P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y.com. All right. And I'll have links to your website on my website, reginabrett.com. Uh, Dolores, there's so many takeaways today. Uh, but what I think I love most is that no matter what happened to you, you can use it for you. So thank you for sharing the ballerina you wanted to be uh, and all those little turning points. I want to have you close with your answer to this question. What is the best thing you do for yourself every day to create a life you love out of the life you have? I take 11 minutes every day, no matter how busy I am, to take time for Dolores. It might be to pray, to meditate, to sing. It might be to do anything. But those 11 minutes out of every day is mine. So I want everyone to take 11. You might take 15. You might take seven. But take some time for self-care for you. Take care of yourself. Oh, that's beautiful, Dolores. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your joy and all that power. Thank you, Regina. Thanks for listening to Little Detours with Regina Brett. If you want to know more about today's guest and topic, head to my podcast page at reginabrett.com. There you can also subscribe to my email newsletter so you never miss an opportunity to be inspired. For more episodes, you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review my show so we can reach and inspire even more people. Thanks for joining us today. Now go make something possible.